everyone. Welcome to the Funny Thing About Parenting Podcast. This is TJ. That's Melissa. Hi. <laughs> and we are here to pump you up. Yeah. To pump up your spirits. Pump up the jams. Pump it up. That's a such a 90s kid right there, right? You got it. Uh, we are, aside from being a parenting podcast, where we like to help you feel like you're normal, your house is normal, everything's fine, you're fine, we're all fine. Uh, we are also a 90s nostalgic mm, podcast. Yes, we are. You know, in, we in totally a, are. Unofficially. Yeah. Unofficially. Un, yeah, not intentionally. Um, thanks for joining us. You might be new to our podcast. We Every January, we, we, we happen to pick up some new listeners it's kind of like we're driving down the highway and we see hitchhikers like, they've hey! got their hop on in where are you going who cares all right let's go we're totally friendly approachable and safe don't worry <laughs> you can come with us why did you say that like a psycho because hitchhiking <laughs> is dangerous i know and but... i'm saying like we oh, are you were playing like the this... part I was, yeah. I see. Okay. I was playing the part of the driver, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm not a psycho person, and I'm, I, you can get in my car, and I will. Wait, I'm confused. Are take you, you? So you are psycho. No. Well, yeah. I love it. Whatever the case is, <laughs> you're safe with us. Wink, wink. Wink, um, wink. Thanks for joining us, and today we are going to dive into the bread and butter of our lives. And that yeah. is birth order basics. Mm-hmm. We are going to put your kids in boxes where they belong. Which I hate. No, we aren't. We are not. We are going to talk about things we notice and trends we notice within our own family and other families that happen to seem like a universal birth order. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone is unique. No one is in a box. Everyone is different. We are all worthy of love, and we are. <laughs> and that's, that wraps it up. Thanks for joining <laughs> us today. I thought you were going to jump in, and I was like, I cannot keep going. You're, you're 100% right. This you is, this is our big thing. I do know what you mean. This is our, our thing. We, we will put kids in boxes, jokingly, but at the end of the day, we know that every individual is different and unique you you should have saved that for like the heartfelt ending of the podcast though well honestly okay maybe this is kind of the ending but i think the cool thing about birth order is the realization that like all of our kids are different and like you can grow up in the same household with the same parents in the same environment but yet everyone has a unique personality and so I, I think that's like the fun part about birth order that like, you know, we can all relate to. I think that's why it's relatable. You know, some people like disagree with like you make videos and kind of have fun with the differences of personalities between like our firstborn middle. More than have fun, Melissa. More than have fun. I know, fun. yeah. And I think there's always people who are like, no, that's not true for my family. The and then there's a children. lot of people who relate. Yes. <laughs> but I'm just saying, no, I think the universal right. feeling gotta, is everyone is different. You're right. And we got a message from Jessica recently who said that she is a mom of four. So she can relate because we have four kids uh, that some people are surprised by we because do. they would think we have three. 
mm-hmm. because of you never talk about a fourth never we don't have time we forget about her um but uh jessica never. said that i appreciate the embrace the middle child i think just overall philosophy is what she means because i've always wondered why she's so silly and why my oldest is so serious and she says thanks for all the fun and encouragement and she's enjoying the podcast. And by the way, Aww. shameless plug, she left a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you. Thank you for doing that, Jessica. And uh, yeah, if you're liking our podcast, go leave us a review. We'd really appreciate that. You should leave us your Instagram handle too so that we can uh, you know, just reach out and connect with you that way. But uh, that's what you were saying. And that right. is... Sorry, I ramble. No, I ramble. no, no. That's, but, but I'm just saying Jessica affirms the fact that and we hear it all the time through the podcast, through our social, you know, social media, mm-hmm. Instagram, TikTok, is that parents used to think, what is wrong with my middle child? <laughs> Which is funny. I think that there's a lot of firstborn parents out there saying that maybe. I don't know. Like people are like, who is this middle child? We're going to do, we're going to do an episode soon about uh, when when the parents are a certain birth order, so when you marry a, a certain birth order, and we mm. did this about a year so ago, fun. super fun. It's 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 amazing how puzzled two firstborn parents are when they have their second child, yeah. Because their first their first just turns out, and their second turns left. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so here's what we're gonna do, Melissa. Yes. Uh, this is semi-unstructured because that's just how we roll. That's how we roll. We're super cash and uh, <laughs> not great preparers. Shout out to Rachel, our friend. She was on a Thanksgiving episode that we did. Yes. A couple months ago, but she helps produce this podcast and keep us on task. Mm-hmm. She's not here with us right now, but um, what would we do without her? Uh, yeah. We would be. But... Uh, <laughs> So we what, love her. What we're going to do today is we're going to walk through birth order basics. And if you're hopping onto our podcast for the first time, this is a great place to start because maybe you found this podcast through my videos or mm-hmm. some random friend was like, hey, you should listen to TJ and Melissa because Melissa is awesome. TJ is borderline <laughs> mediocre. No. Um, but we're going to walk through the basics. So. Here's what we'll do. We're, let's start with the firstborn, and then we'll do the middle child, and then the youngest. We're just going to okay. spend, I don't know, five minutes or so on each one. Sure. Let's do this, though. Let's let's throw out a common myth, and then let's unpack our own observations, and we get countless stories of other families around the world, not just the country, mm-hmm. but the world. And so we have that to go off. So we're not just going to talk about our own kids, but, and frankly, if you're listening to this and you have two or three or four kids, you're probably just going to nod your head the whole time anyway. Right. So firstborns, right. what would you say is a common stereotype, whether it's right or wrong? Um, I would say firstborns are... Just by the book, straight laced, uh, kind of like responsible, and a, just an overall good human being who wants to do the right thing. <laughs> okay, that's good. Yeah. Oh. Very nice. Um, I'll add to that. 
bring a little of my color to it, and that is the comet stereotype is they are very systematic yeah. and logical and responsible and perfectionists, and they like order. Black and white. Black and white. Do you think all of that stuff is true about a firstborn? I think, like, yes, I can see why that is a stereotype. Um, I I don't know. I think firstborns also have a lot of layers and like like things, and so so when like a firstborn like does act out or does something that's not that, it's kind of like noticeable. It's like, oh, why is my firstborn like that? But I think for the most part, I think firstborns are kind of have this like burden on their shoulders to like do the right thing and like to see the world through this like I don't know through how they were raised as a firstborn like parents were like this is what you do this is the the thing we're doing this is how we raise you like the these are the things the books told us and so their perception of reality is like I don't know. That's our theory, that, right? That's, that's our, and I've we've never we've never read a birth order theory book. They're too scientific right, and old. We have our own data to go on, and that is you and everybody that we get to hear stories Just this from community. in our own. Yeah. But you said it. One of our big theories is that uh, you you have your first child, and as a parent or a set of parents, you are trying to do this for the first time. So you're studying, you're trying to do it all by the textbook. And mm-hmm. this firstborn is brought into this world where, number one, they have your full attention. Two, it's easier to keep them on schedule. You're doing everything on schedule. You're feeding them at the same times. You're putting them into the bed at the same times. You're, you're doing things by the book. And you would think, oh, well, as an infant, what? how would they... They grow into the, these patterns right. and they're brought into this world in this very regimented mm-hmm. kind Even as of they way. get older, it's like they're the first to do the sport or the school thing or the XYZ. And so like as a parent, they're seeing the parent maybe being anxious or like trying to figure it out and trying to like do the right thing. Totally. A good example you know? of that was when our firstborn... Uh, so like I said, we have four kids. Our firstborn is 10 years old. He's in fifth grade. He's our one boy. Then we have three girls after that. It is a loud house and glitter is everywhere. Oh, don't um, say glitter. When our firstborn was in kindergarten, we sent him off. It was like hard and exciting and all of these things. A couple of months in, we had no idea what he was like in class. We figured he was probably shy and we had no clue. We as... Just nervous parents. Like, we, does he have the two friends? Of us, the two of us went to his first parent-teacher conference together. Mm-hmm. Which I can't say that about... Well, I, I suppose we well, have stuck with that a little bit, haven't we? The couple years, we've done a family conference That's outing. Right. Yeah, which like, doesn't always go well, but yeah. Kids are running around the classroom. Um, but all that to say, I think that's a common... A common uh, thing would be for, you know, 
all hands on deck. Mm-hmm. If there's two parents in the home, you're both going to that first parent-teacher conference <laughs> for your kindergartner. And it was hilarious because we learned that our firstborn was more outgoing and social than we thought he would be. And But, but the point was, you and I were like, we're both going in and we're both hands-on. The more kids that we ended up having, the less feasible that that was. Mm-hmm. It was like, ah, who's going to who's going to Winnie's preschool right. conference? Especially with like you doctor go. appointments. Like remember like Teddy, like we both went to like everything. That's right. Even like pregnancy, whatever. Yeah. So the firstborn is brought into that world and again, gets your full attention, but also becomes... Uh, yeah, it sets the stage for their perception of the world. Can you talk about what you... Th- so we talk a lot about motivations mm-hmm. of the different kids. If a, if, if a firstborn, if it's pretty common for the firstborn to be logical and black and white and want to be good, what would you say is the motivation of the Ooh. firstborn to do that? Okay, you know what? We haven't actually talked about this. But I was thinking about this the other day. I read or heard like a couple years ago that all humans have like these three core motivations or three core needs. And it was um, competence, connection, and control. And they might, yeah, I think that's that's what they were. Um, And when I heard that, I thought of it kind of with the lens of birth order and I thought like competence like yes we all need all of those things but I feel like sometimes I see our kids wanting one like really bad oh my gosh it's (laughs) right it's so clear so I would say like a firstborn wants to like like know that they are competent and good and right and that they know how to do things that's what I would say that is kind of like the main motivator, but obviously they also want all the other things. Connection, right, but, but yeah, competence but is let me what th- I would say. I'm with you 100%. Control, I think the way that control comes into that is I think firstborns can be controlling. Everybody mm-hmm. can be controlling, but the motivation to be controlling is because they want to be competent. Right. They want to be good. Oh, yeah. So they want to control the environment as much as possible because they feel this inner conviction to do it the right way. Yes. Money. Yes. (laughs) No, seriously. That's why I like always feel this like weird like connection between a firstborn and a youngest. And we'll get to the youngest later. But like, because I feel like they're control. But I feel like that's why sometimes I'm like the firstborn and youngest sometimes have things that look alike. You know, yeah, and I think they. And so I think you but, just hit it on. Well, it's on control the nail and right competence. Yeah. One uses one to get the other, and right. then it's opposite for the other. In a, yeah, obviously, put a little asterisk. This is like eighty percent, ninety percent of people. It's not everybody, right? And yeah, we're just riffing on, like we said. So back to competence, we hear a lot that firstborns go into careers as they get older that 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 require a certain level of competence in schooling mm-hmm. how many teachers do we hear are firstborns mm-hmm. it's like so many teachers so many accountants we were we were like. at teddy's we were at teddy's uh basketball tournament this last weekend yeah and uh a nice gal from a 
the city that we were playing against was a she 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 I, I was like she, you got to figure out like who's going to do the scorebook mm-hmm. like each team needs sure. to like find somebody oh. to do the scorebook mm-hmm. not near the scoreboard for these basketball games so it's always like looking through the crowd like all right who wants to do it this time this mom she was so nice she was so great and she, <laughs> she was like I want to do I want to do the scorebook my kid plays better when it wants me to do the scorebook and <laughs> And I was like, are you a firstborn by no any chance? Way. And she totally was oh a firstborn. Gosh. I was like, well, that makes sense. You want to do the stats. You, um, she wants to be competent in that way. That's but, fun. That's okay, fun. So firstborn. Okay. We'll cut it off there. Right. A lot to say about that's firstborns. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. Okay. Ring the bell, Melissa. As in real life. Ding, ding, ding. Sorry, firstborn. We're moving on. We're having another baby. <laughs> <laughs> Along comes, num- comes number two. And this is your middle child. Middle yes. children, I am one of them. Mm-hmm. Middle children, I'm going to say a common myth, is a middle child seeks attention mm-hmm. like none other. Right. And I'm going to double down and say a middle child feels neglected. Yes. Is a common That's such a stereotype. common. I don't even know if I be- believe so that. So that's a thing that I've been having, not beef with, but like, I've just been like like trying to figure out lately even in like just random books I'm reading like it's a romance novel or a whatever and it's like I'm the middle child and I was always forgotten like they always like the forgotten it's child a, it's a common it's an easy like yeah stereotype I don't know if it's true I I do see the the validity in it. I get it. You have a firstborn that mm-hmm. gets a lot of attention because they're doing the thing the first time. If you have three, your youngest child is getting a lot of attention because they demand it. Mm-hmm. So the middle is just like kind of stuck in between. Yeah. Sure. How? Explain more. Describe more of like how you see the personality traits of a middle child. So the middle child is fun because, I mean... Also, from a parenting perspective, it's like you often the second child is just so different than the firstborn, and and for for our for our family, our middle child, I feel like was the most like up and down with emotions, <laughs> like and so high still and is. so low, right. She, um, she wears her emotions on her sleeves, too. Right. She's but very... But especially, like, the three to five, I feel like, age. Like, she would go to, like, what I would... I was like, she went to the dark zone, or what did it, Yeah, the dark place. Yeah. Like, oh, no, she went to the dark place. Like, she went to a place where I just did not know how to, like, you couldn't support her, her and yeah. console her. Like, you just had to let her be. But then, like, she could also just be this, like, ray of sunshine, like, doing cartwheels all over the floor and, like, just, like, she's the most affectionate of our kids. She is just, like, the biggest hugs. So to get your three, was it three C's? Is that what they were? The three C's? Yeah. To get the three C's Mm -hmm. out of the way. She's connection. 100% connection. Which, again, she's all of them, but, like, I feel like she majors in wanting like her motivation is majoring in wanting to feel connected 
it plays out when, like with sports, she was on a basketball team. She didn't care if they won or lost. It was all about just having fun. Mm-hmm. Dance. She takes it more seriously. Like she's really getting into it. But you can tell, right. like when she dances in front of us, she's gig- she's like giggling half the time. But again, I think her like she wants to do a good job. But I think her motivation is because she wants to be part of something, you know, Absolutely. like and included. Yep. Yeah. So connection for the middle child. Um, and again, from a parenting perspective, you okay? Now you have one kid, and in our in our case, Teddy was one. Uh, I'm sorry, two years old when mm-hmm. we had our second child. Tenley came into this world super chill mm-hmm. as a baby. She was the the you know quote unquote best baby. She was <laughs> the, the best sleeper. Uh, fun fact: she was the first of two. 10 pound babies yes, that Melissa my giant babies <laughs> <laughs> I had two of them yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't even believe it um, but so so now you have a, a second child and in our case what happened a lot in those early years was I would hang out with Teddy mm-hmm. and you would have the baby right but but then just as a family like now your second child and who knows why this is but now your second child is born into an environment that already has some structure mm-hmm. but things are kind of being thrown thrown for a loop right it's still divided in terms of like attention you know it's tag team it's no longer all hands on deck exactly so with a middle child, can you talk about motivations? Like, why why are they the way they are? <laughs> <laughs> why are you the way that you are? We, we've talked about this before, but, like, I mean, again, like, the whole connection piece, I think their perception of, like, reality, I mean, obviously there's this universal theme of them feeling neglected. So there's something there, I think of like just wanting to like feel connected get attention and I think it looks different in different middle children like sometimes that turns into rebellion or like just like going off with friends or sometimes it's just this creative goofy silly person and sometimes it's all three I mean I don't know so I think yeah like sometimes it's just Sometimes it shows itself as like crazy, like I was saying, the up and down. Like mm-hmm. sometimes it's craziness, like ang- like emotion, like anger and like sadness, and you don't know what to do with it. And then sometimes it's just like so goofy and you know bodily humor, <laughs> like a lot of it, tooting and party, like whatever, it. whatever. Our speaking for our own middle middle child, she and we love all of these things about her. By the way, oh my gosh, we've, I love her. We've embraced yeah. all of these things. It's not to say we're always one hundred percent patient. Yes, but we embrace these things. At dinner time, she cannot sit still. Mm-hmm. She can also not keep her food on her plate. <laughs> it ends up on her lap or on the floor quite a bit. Or like in her hair. She's just not worried. She's not worried about those details. Right. Where Teddy's looking over and he's like, you're spilling everywhere. She's like, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Live your life. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. She was wearing my robe, my bathrobe today after taking a bath and like just doing all sorts of things in the living room that were exposing her. And I'm like, dude, like girl, 
you like you like you're showing us things you're like gonna, can you at just some point. like i don't know i don't know i mean it's just it's whatever and she's like oh <laughs> like she just thought that was hilarious and she loved it she's our little <laughs> comedian for sure i and it's funny too cuz when you think about careers and again, anybody can land in any career, but a lot of the times a, a second born child lands in a career that is less conventional. Mm-hmm. I mean, even just yeah. speaking for myself as a, as a content creator who's been making videos and trying to make people mm-hmm. laugh his whole life, <laughs> yeah. that's like a big part of what I get You're to do. Like, Mom, are you noticing me yet? Yeah. Mom, are you there? <laughs> look, look, Mom, look. Uh, TJ, stop, stop. Um, no, my mom was always up for the show. Yes. Uh, but, and still is for that yes. matter. Um, uh, but this is where you'll find a lot of the second born, the middle children, mm-hmm. landing in these creative careers or just less conventional careers. And a lot of that is just due to their the way their brain has been wired. Right. And that is, it's not like, nothing is black and white. There's mm-hmm. everything, there's... I think middle children are like the easiest to compromise with and negotiate with too yes. because they're way more willing to like Well, it's like they don't really take. want to be part of the conflict, but it's like, yeah. But very quick side note, and then we should move on to the youngest, is I think there's something to be said about having like an oldest, um, like if it's the second born, but it's like the oldest girl or the oldest boy. Because, like, she's our oldest girl, and maybe it's because we have four. But it's, like, this weird combination of, like, crazy, goofy, unicorn, like, lover. Like, I love her. Like, but then also she's, like, maybe our most responsible child because she's the oldest girl. And, like, like sometimes even I would say our oldest, like, struggles with, like, knowing how to take ownership of, like, tasks around the house. But, like... I feel like our second born has like really gotten the hang of it. She's almost turned into like a second mom around the house. She's a little second mom, but then she's also like just, but she's also all about the feels like our young, our youngest, our fourth born was just having a meltdown today because she didn't want to take a bath because she didn't want to take her socks off. And Tenley just, I I meant to like ask for a recap from her today of how she handled this because she just sat down with her and was like, tell me why you don't want your socks off so I know what to do. Like, tell me what's going on. Like, wow. she, like, had the sweetest voice and, like, I feel like they just are feelers and they know how to handle things and they just know how to take care of themselves mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. So they become independent. Yes. So that's yeah, that's a, a little, great point. Yeah. Great point. Yeah, gender. I think in the transitions of all, like Teddy, total firstborn, but he's also kind of like turning into a little preteen, and he's a boy. So mm-hmm. there, are, there are things where you'd be like, "Are you sure he's a firstborn?" Like his room's a disaster. <laughs> I'm like, "Well, he's just a boy. He's just, he's just a ten-year-old stinky he, boy. He's just a yeah." Okay, let's move on. Ring okay. the bell. Ding 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 ding. ding all ding, right, ding. let's move on to the third, the youngest. We're gonna end it here. We okay. know. Yeah, there we are, have a fourth. But we have a fourth. <laughs> We're not going to talk about only children today, but the youngest child. The Melissa. youngest child, which is what I I feel like 
people should wonder more about. Like, I think it's so funny that like people are always like, oh yeah, like finally embrace the middle child. Like finally I understand the middle. I'm like, I'm like, can I understand my youngest? You cannot. (laughs) Just this morning, just this morning, like you were like trying to go for the morning hug and she just like slapped you or something. And I was like, is this just an ongoing bit? Like, is her personality just a bit? Because <laughs> she's like, sti- she's stiff armed. She's me. so consistent. It's just like, she's so, like, I told her, I'm like, you are like this beautiful <laughs> rose. Like, you are so pretty. And then, like, you come to, like, you want to hold you. And then it's like, prick, prick. I think prick, she loves so me. Prickly. Does she love She's totally, that's a great description. Our third, so even though we have fourth, our third is the one. When she was like two years old, she was such a youngest child. Our fourth wasn't born yet. That's when birth order started to become this right this thing picture. in front of us, this yeah. full picture. And still to this day, I, I claim that we have two youngest children. Mm-hmm. One is the president. The other one is the princess. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes. so youngest children, what's a common myth? Um, or a stereotype? I would say a common myth would be that they are spoiled. Spoiled, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Which definitely could be true, maybe, sort of. I would is. say, yeah, it's hard speaking from our family because I would say absolutely our fourth is spoiled. So yeah, that, it, that rings true. And why is that? I would say because... They learn very quickly to fight for what they want. And the parents typically are at a point in their life where they like don't care as much or like are tired and they're like they're not going to like put up these like consequences and battles and like boundaries as much as they did with their first and second born. This is it. So we right in our own lives and in probably in the life of just about everybody else who's mm-hmm. been a parent. We've been through the ringer mm-hmm. twice. So and in our case, break. three times. Give us a break. So third child comes along and you nailed it. It's number one. They learn very quickly. If they, it's like the uh, the squeaky wheel mm-hmm. gets the oil or the grease, whatever the slogan is. I don't know that slogan. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, <laughs> don't know what you're saying. But the, sure. <laughs> they learn quickly that to get what they want, they need to manipulate. <laughs> yes, no, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, they to they, be loud and to you know to to be relentless and persistent. They and figure out your weaknesses real fast. That's a they, yeah. our vulnerabilities are completely exposed because we are tired and we've been through all the battles. And also, if we do like have a good day and we're like, no, I'm going to put my foot down. No, you cannot have starburst for breakfast sure i did a good job but all of a sudden our middle child is like bribing our youngest like well if you share with your sister i will give you these starbursts like (laughs) like i'm just saying like it just like is a there's so many other people in the family to give them what they want that's true too to stop them that's usually to stop them from screaming exactly so our kids are picking up on are waving of the white flag when it comes to our <laughs> yeah. youngest children and they are participating with us. So that's right. That's this is, this is talking from like the youngest, like yeah. like a three year old right now. Right. 
Right. right. I'm sure. Yeah. So can you talk about the conviction that yeah. my biggest thing, cause not to, I don't want to just razz on a youngest child. I actually, I think one of their greatest strengths can be seen as like the thing that is bad about them. But I say it's a good thing mm-hmm. and it can be used for good or bad. But in, in that, to me, that comes down to the conviction a youngest child has. Yes. They know what they want. Right. And the, I mean, what we were talking about the motivations, it would be, Control would be like their biggest motivator. Um, I mean, they come into a world where there's just they they have this whole thing happening. They came into a circus, and so they want control. They want to like be their own person, and they, yeah, I I think. One of like I'm I'm intrigued by our youngest because like she's the, sometimes the hardest. Youngest one or youngest two? Youngest one, like our uh, the oldest youngest. How old is she? Six year old. <laughs> yeah, our oldest. It's What's one confusing. and two? Yeah. How many kids do we have again? Because sometimes she's the most black and white. Like when you talk about conviction, like she wants control. She's sometimes like the hardest. And will like just stand her ground. Like if she doesn't want to do something, she is not going to do it. Um, but she also, I feel like, is the quickest to like follow a rule. Like she's kind of almost as black and white as a firstborn. Yeah. Like like in terms of that. Like so, it's interesting to me. But she. Yeah, she does what she comes, wants. To me, that comes back to the conviction. I think youngest right. children, it is more black and white. Um, so a firstborn's more black and white and logical. They want to do the right thing because of they strive for mm-hmm. competence, let's say. Okay, a middle child, more colorful world. Everything is gray. <laughs> there are no b- boundaries. Colorful world. And like they want connection. And then a youngest is black and white like a firstborn. But the control and the competence is flipped. They right. want control. They were born into a world where they didn't have it. They want it. Now it's just... Mm-hmm. And, and we see this too And <laughs> when we talk about careers. This is where we see a lot of the entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. I've talked to so many families where it's like, oh yeah, my first uh, firstborn's a teacher. And they're making bank. <laughs> middle child, I don't even know what they do. And yeah, my right. youngest... My youngest uh, won't work for anybody else. Right. Started their own company. They're their own boss. And because when I say they're the like Maisie's the first to follow a rule, it's either she follows the rule or she doesn't. <laughs> it's like there's no in between. And she, you know? Yes. Yep. Yep. Like she knows when she's not. Like she will admit if she didn't do it. Right. Whereas where like our middle child would be like, I don't know. I'll be like, was there a rule? In a consequence. I'll be like, I'm going to take away XYZ. And she'll say, I don't care. We have threatened. That's fine. We have threatened. Take it away. So many food related <laughs> uh, threats to our youngest. And she's just, she blows it off like, go for it. I de- like she well, looks even like, like her stuffed animals you. that she loves. I'm like, I will take away this stuffed animal then tonight if you don't go to bed. Then and she's do like, it, Mom. I don't care. She'll say, I don't <laughs> care. And that's what I love about youngest. Whereas, is, like our middle would be like, No, I can't sleep without her. <laughs> her six stuffies. 
Yeah, so I think youngest children are just so stinking Spicy. great. No, well, yes, but Spicy. on the positive, they are so great because um, they the cards are sort of stacked against them, again, because they are the youngest. Yes, does mom and dad spoil the youngest? Sometimes, sure. But uh, the conviction that we see out of youngest children, I think, is just really cool. And they take they, mm-hmm. they want to be competent so that they can have control. And a lot of the times, that's why I say we have a president, we have a princess. Our mm-hmm. third born is like the president. Mm-hmm. She is in control in a lot of the time. She's in charge. Our fourth is the princess because she is sitting on taken her. Taken care of. <laughs> she's taken care of by five other people in this yes. house. And I will say that every now and then a third born comes along like your brother who is just kind of this like he just comes into the world and is kind of like go with the flow. Oh, this is the world. Like there's all this stuff happening and I will just do whatever you tell me to do. He's well, he's super chill and like the most adaptable person. Yeah, so he was kind of like very chill. And I think that is also like kind of common too I think it's just not as talked about because it's not as like in your face Mm -hmm. like the third feisty's third born but I think that can happen too but I think he was probably still like spoiled maybe Uh, (laughs) with love or yeah adoration because like from a parent perspective you have this if it's your last child it's natural to like soak it up where you maybe didn't soak it up with your second born if yeah, but you, you know were what? having I a gave, third born. I gave my parents bonus years when when my younger brother was finishing high school and still living at home. Yeah, I yeah, moved. You I moved, moved back. back home. Bonus. Woo-woo. When I was yeah in college. Do you think they liked the bonus? Well, I don't know. I stole. So anytime I saw <laughs> any adoration going towards my brother, sure. I would step into the limelight and say, "Hey, mom, check this dance out." Yeah. Didn't you even have an internship at his high school? When he was still a high school student? Yes, for one day. For one day. Because you were a middle child and switched your major like four times. And then two days later, I was like, that felt weird. Switching it. I'm moving on. What's the next major? You put yourself in there. Yeah. So there you have it. The firstborn, the middle child, and the youngest. Mm-hmm. What a great! Oh man, we good, didn't even pretty good summary. We didn't even talk about our dinner tonight. I was like, this we should like recap <laughs> our dinner experience. We'll have to do that another time. Yeah, we were uh, we were yeah. we were uh, told to do some things that mm-hmm. was our basically our youngest took charge. Took charge. She wouldn't tell a story unless half of us closed our eyes mm-hmm. and didn't look at her. But then also our firstborn was inserting himself into the drama that he did not need to. He was like trying to be a second parent. Like, well, you didn't do this. I'm like, Teddy, you're not part of this conflict. Just stop. <laughs> like, don't get your hands dirty. You're fine. Don't Just try to mediate. Yeah. Get out of But it was like so authoritative. Like, no. Yeah. So that's that's fun. Birth order basics. There, we put your kids in boxes. Mm-hmm. But hopefully, I think they're great boxes. And it's a big box. It's they a big can box. they can jump to other. There's boxes. a lot of room to play. <laughs> I I don't believe in boxes. You can like, cut cut holes in boxes. And it's try just to trends. Bl- it's just things we notice. And that, like I said at the beginning, which was the end, is 
that the beautiful thing about birth order is real the realization that everyone is different and it's fun like embrace it is now that you know now you can enjoy it <laughs> yeah exactly now you can just enjoy it sit back and enjoy the show parents <laughs> that's what this is all about <laughs> that's what this is all about well thanks for joining us it was awesome hanging out with you once again we hope you have a really great week and we will see you right back here next week on the funny thing about parenting bye bye